Good evening, and thank you all for joining us uh, this evening on what we hope will be a really, truly incredible and uh, special evening. My name is Rabbi Seth Grauer, and I'm very humbled and honored to be standing here. On Thursday, August 15, 1996, my life changed forever. I entered the Beit Midrash of what would become my home for the next two years of my life, but in many ways a home away from home for the rest of my life. And over my two-plus decades of connection to the yeshiva, I've watched and seen with love, nachas, pride, the incredible achievements that our yeshiva has merited. Each of us sitting here in this room today could come up with their own list of these achievements, far too numerous to certainly mention, but my personal favorites include First and foremost, the incredible, ever-flowing well of Torah, Shiurim, Sfarim that's constantly emanating from the halls of our yeshiva, both through the VBM, YU Torah, and the vast amounts of written materials. Just this past weekend, I listened and read so many of the moving tributes from Rabbi Eli Weber, Rabbi Moshe Tarragon, and others about Zachary Baumel, Allah Shalom, as all of you know, a former Talmud in our yeshiva. And I'm sure we all feel some level of a connection to him and to his family. And before moving any further, I marvel at the success of Migdalos, Esti Rosenberg, everything you've accomplished in celebrating its 20th anniversary and the leading role that women are playing today through the efforts of Migdalos. I watch the non-stop scholar and resident schedules of our teachers are rebellion that are spreading Torah throughout North America and beyond. The idea and the success of the Darkenu program, which remains a beautiful Kiddush Hashem, one that many other yeshivot and seminaries should consider emulating. So many of you don't know the rich, meaningful rabbinic alumni Google Listserv, which is an invaluable research which I participate in. We all know about the Tanakh Yimei Iyun, that continue to grow in popularity each and every year. There's a new smicha program. It's just beginning. And a corresponding rabbinic week-long upcoming conference this coming summer, which I'm looking forward to participating in. And I know that we all enjoy the Bishnat Hara programming in Yemei Yun around the yard sites of both Ramital and Ravan, Zichronon Vracham, which are held each and every year around the world. Perhaps most impressive is the ever-growing list of lay and professional leaders from both Gush and Migdalos around the world who we are able to count among our growing ranks of alumni. And finally, as I reflect and look beyond even my years in yeshiva, I'm amazed at what the yeshiva was able to accomplish in its first 50 years and Migdalos in its first 20 years I'm therefore excited for the possibilities still to come. Y'all didn't ask me to say this, but I have to mention that these incredible accomplishments are in many ways because of the collective support and the resources that so many of you sitting here today provide to help our yeshiva, to help Migdalos, to accomplish so much. It's easy for me to say, but we all certainly need to find ways to give more. On a personal level, my rebellion remain, my mentors, my teachers, and my Rosh Hashivot, those who have passed away, will always be my moral compass. I will forever be indebted to our yeshiva. And the transition that's taken place with the incredible consistent growth with our new Rosh Hashivot, Rav Moshe, Rav Gigi, Rav Meidan, without taking any steps backwards, is remarkable. Special thank you as I close to my co-chairs for the conference that we just had, Rabbi Josh Joseph, Rabbi Tzvi Engel, and the entire committee, as well as so many of our speakers, our presenters, many of whom flew in, traveled from long distances to be here, truly out of their love of the yeshiva, their connection to Migdalos, and their desire to give back, and their desire to be a part of what the yeshiva has done for them. Now time for me to turn over this podium to Rabbi Gideon Rothstein, who, at least from his seat, will moderate our final panel. As a larger institution, as we close, I think that with this first Yovel looking 
back and looking forward to the second Yovel, I know that our Rosh Yeshivot, our heads of institutions, will be modest, and they won't share how incredible things were, but I hope that they'll share a little bit about the current impact that they've had and the exciting plans for the next decade ahead. Thank you all for being here. Rabbi Rothstein. Thank you, Rabbi Grauer. I didn't know ahead of time that we were supposed to say how long we've been connected to the yeshiva. Uh, it's a little bit longer for me than for Rabbi Grauer. I think it was August 19th of 1982 that my lifelong connection to Shivat Joan began. Uh, and, and I wanted in our time together here to, as Rabbi Grauer said, to think about where the yeshiva has been, where it is, and where it's going. I had the, on the advice of Rabbi Danny Ryan and Ellie Weber, I was at Shachari the first morning of the Shiva for Moreno Rabbeinu Rabbaran Lachatzin Zechasadi Bracha. And therefore, I had the good fortune to be there when Rabbanit Amital came to pay a Shiva call. And it was a very moving moment because she came in and she sat down. And there was a moment of silence. And then Dr. Tobel Lachatzin said, Hitzlachnu. Because these were the two women who had supported and been part of the building of Yeshivat Haaretzion from a hilltop somewhere into what it's been and into what it will become. So there are moments in life when you review and look forward. And that's what I'm hoping we'll do in the next little time. I've tried to chop up the questions into small pieces so we can cover as much of the impact of Yeshivat Haaretzion as we can. So I want to begin with Rav Gigi. And I want to ask Rav Gigi to summarize for us, uh, to the extent possible, how you see and understand the impact of Yeshivat HaRetzion on the Dati Lumi community in Eretz Yisrael in the past 50 years. Rashid, shalom lekulam v'bruchim abayim. Z'tamid m'sameach l'irot et ha-kahal ha-gadol sh'margish, k'mo sh'arav set amar, sh'ha-chayim m'shtanim im pitua ha-zika la-yeshiva, וזה נכון. כששואלים מהי ההשפעה של הישיבה בעבר, אני חושב שאפשר לראות את הערב הזה, ואפשר לראות עוד הרבה אירועים שמתרחשים כל הזמן, אז זה ודאי אה, חלק מן העניין הזה. אבל עכשיו אני אשתדל אה, לתת אולי כמה פוקוסים ל, לנקודות שבהן אני רואה את ההשפעה הגדולה של הישיבה. ואני רוצה לפתוח אה, דווקא בתוך בית המדרש. בהשפעה בתוך בית המדרש, אני חושב שהתרומה של ישיבת הר עציון לישיבות ההסדר בכלל, ובוודאי ובוודאי ללימוד התורה בעולם הציונות הדתי, אני חושב שההשפעה היא השפעה מכרעת, וכאן אני חושב שהתרומה המשמעותית ביותר הייתה של מורנו הרב ליכטנשטיין. ואני רוצה להסביר שיהיה ברור כי בנקודה הזאת, בתחילת הדרך, כשהתחילו לקום ישיבות, אז אמרו שילמדו תורה. אבל רק כשהרב ליכטנשטיין הגיע, ואני יודע את זה גם מישיבות אחרות, זה לא רק השפעה בתוך הישיבה, אלא מה שקרה בתוך הישיבה, שפתאום יש דרישה ויש תביעה ללמוד תורה לעומק ולהיקף, וללמוד תורה עם רצון ועם משימה ממש... כמו שהרב היה משתמש בביטוי לכבוש את התורה ולשלוט על התורה ברמות כאלה שזה דבר שאני שה... חושב שהוא הכניס את המושג הזה לעולם הזה של הציונות הדתית ואחר כך גם חיכו את זה בישיבות אחרות אני יודע שבישיבת הכותל בישיבות אחרות ניסו להרים את המהלך הזה וברוך השם אני חושב שזה גם רואים את זה בתלמידי החכמים הרבים שיצאו מכלל ישיבות ההסדר, כמובן מהישיבה שלנו באופן ספציפי, אבל מכל הישיבות. ואני חושב שהנקודה הזאת של בית מדרש כמקום שמגדלים בו תורה, כמקום שמעצימים בו תורה, אני חושב שזהו אחד ההישגים ואחת ההשפעות המשמעותיות ביותר על עולם ישיבות ההסדר ועל עולם התורה בציונות הדתית. Uh, המציאות היום קצת שונה, אבל אנחנו מדברים עכשיו על העבר, אז מותר לנו להתעלם כרגע מן המציאות היום, היא קצת נעשית יותר מורכבת. אבל זאת נקודה אחת. נקודה שנייה, 
שקשורה גם כן לעולם בית המדרש וגם זה כבר הוזכר כאן זה הנושא של לימוד התנ״ך שהתנ״ך הוא חלק מלימוד של בית מדרש בלימוד תנ״ך בעומק ברצינות ועם כל המהפכה שנעשתה בעניין הזה דרך בית המדרש שלנו בוודאי וגם אנשים שלנו שהיום הם חלק ממכללת הרצוג אבל צריך לזכור שהמפעל הגדול הזה של לימוד תנ״ך וכשתסתובבו פה למטה אחר כך ב... למטה או למעלה אני כבר לא יודע איפה זה כן? בתערוכה ותראו את כמות הספרים גם ספרים בהלכה גם ספרים בתנ״ך תראו את המפעל של היצירה התורנית שיצאה מבית המדרש של הר עציון אז אתם יכולים לראות את גודל ההשפעה בתחום הזה זה בתחום של בית המדרש בחלק הלימודי יש נקודה שנייה שאני רואה אותה כנקודה מאוד משמעותית וכאן לאתגר הזה או לנקודה השנייה הזאת אני חושב שיש תרומה מכרעת לשני ראשי ישיבה המייסדים הרב עמיטל זכר צדיק לברכה והרב ליכטנשטיין זכר צדיק לברכה אני חושב שהנקודה הזאת קשורה מבחינה השקפתית בעולם כמו העולם שאנחנו חיים בו שאפילו המושג ציונות דתית הסדר תורה עם צבא תורה וחיים מודרן אורתודוקס כל המושגים האלה שמחברים שני דברים יחד והחיבור הזה שיעשה בצורה משמעותית בצורה עמוקה בצורה רצינית בצורה שבה לא רואים מרכיב אחד כאויב או כמפריע למרכיב השני אלא שני מרכיבים שיוצרים איזושהי הרמוניה ואיזושהי שלמות ואיזשהו חיבור טבעי תורת חיים כדבר ממש טבעי לא תורה שמתנגשת עם החיים ותורה צריכה להתמודד עם החיים ויש כאן איזשהו מאבק שצריכים כביכול להכריע ולמצוא את האיזון הנכון אלא תורה שרואה את החיים כדבר חשוב והחיים שרואים את התורה כמובן כדבר המרכזי והשילוב של שניהם ואני אומר זה לא רק בשילוב של תורה וחיים גם בשילוב של תורה וצבא בשילוב של תורה ואקדמיה בשילוב של כל המערכות שאנחנו מכירים אותן בתוך החיים שלנו כן האתגרים האלה שעומדים לפנינו והיכולת לשלב אותם באמת בקול ברור וצלול ורהוט אני חושב שזה אחת המשימות שישיבת הר עציון הובילה בשנים האחרונות קודם כל בתוך בית המדרש ואם אני מדבר על השפעה מחוץ לבית המדרש אני חושב שההשפעה הזאת של המפגש של התורה עם החיים דרך המפעלים הגדולים של הישיבה גם בתורה שבפנים גם בתורה שיוצאת החוצה מכל המדיות שאנחנו שותפים להן אבל גם דרך מאות ואלפי הבוגרים שפזורים ברחבי הארץ וגם ברחבי העולם אני חושב שהם מביאים את דברה של הישיבה ויש צמאון גדול לדבר הזה, לתורה הזאת של הישיבה, לשילוב הנפלא הזה של תורה וחיים כשני דברים שאינם צרים זה לזה, אלא כשני דברים שמשלימים זה את זה, וכשני דברים שבונים עולם שלם יותר ועולם עמוק יותר, עולם יהודי עמוק יותר, הדבר הזה הוא בעצם, אני חושב שאם יש, אם אני מזהה היום, צמאון גדול בציבוריות הדתית-לאומית בארץ ישראל, שוב בנקודה הזאת אני יודע ואני לא רוצה להיכנס לסוגיית הבחירות שבעוד פחות מ-36 שעות אני יודע נפתחות הקלפיות בארץ ישראל אני לא רוצה לדבר על זה אבל משפט אחד מותר ככה תמיד להגיד אומרים שאסור קיזזתי את עצמי מישהו Are the elections current or past? אתה יודע מה, בוא נעצור כאן על הבחירות, נדבר בהמשך. אוקיי, אז אני רוצה להגיד רק משפט אחד. יש פה הרבה שאלות, ואני יודע שזה עלה בכל העולם, השאלה הזאת של הבית היהודי וכל החלקים שלו, מה שיש בפנים, מה שאין בפנים. אני לא רוצה לדבר כרגע על ה... 
דיל עם עוצמה יהודית, זה לא הנושא שלנו כרגע. אני רוצה לדבר על הבית היהודי כפי שהוא עוד לפני החיבור עם עוצמה יהודית, ואסתי תדבר על זה יותר כי היא הייתה בוועדה שעסקה בדברים האלה, אז אני רוצה להגיד לכם שכמה שיש צמאון בציבוריות הכללית לדעתי לקולה של ישיבת הר ציון, הרי לצערי במבנה של הבית היהודי כפי שהוא היום, שני הראשים שלו, גם הרב פרץ וגם, וגם סמוטריץ', שניהם מייצגים אגף מאוד מאוד מסוים של הציונות הדתית, אגף חרדלי, ימני, מהרבה בחינות, והוא לא מייצג את הקו של ישיבת הר ציון, ועל זה אני מצר, אבל שתדעו שהקול הזה יש לו צמאון גדול גם בארץ, בקהילות השונות, יש מקומות שלא, אבל יש מקומות לדעתי רוב הציבור הדתי-לאומי בארץ משווע לקול הזה, ודאי ודאי אני יכול להגיד לכם באחריות בעולם הכללי, בכל רחבי העולם, הקול הזה הוא קול יקר מפז, ממש כמו שאמר שלמה המלך, מים קרים על נפש עייפה. Uh, Yishevat HaRetzion has been about the Torah itself within the Beit Midrash, particularly making Tanakh also a full part of the curriculum and the thirst for Torah and the presentation of a Torah uh, which puts together life and Torah in a comfortable uh, package together. How is that the same or different right now in terms of the current impact of Yishevat HaRetzion on the Dati Lemui community in Eretz Yisrael? How would you describe that situation of what, how, how Yeshivat Aretzion is today impacting the Dati community in Eretz Yisrael. Okay, first, and don't get upset, uh, <laughs> I just want to say I feel so um, overwhelmed by emotion just to be here. Uh, and it's, it's simply to, to, to imagine a small Yeshiva in the middle of nowhere uh, 50 years ago and... Uh, to see what we've accomplished, uh, or what, not we, but what you know, the Shiva has accomplished in the past uh, 50 years is since a gratitude to the Baruch Hu, first of all, we'll discuss it later on this, as part of the program in the evening, we'll, we'll express it, not discuss it really, we'll express this of gratitude to the Baruch Hu, first and foremost, for giving us this tremendous schud to uh, be able to educate and to, uh, and to engage in Torah and to simply be... Not only over the Hashem, but try to bring the, to, to interpret and to translate and, and to bring the Kaddish Baruch Hu's word to, to Talmidim. It's uh, it's Gan Eden Balam Azar. Rav Meital used to say that Chetzel Hashem is learning with your children. Uh, excuse me, that's Chetzel Hashem is learning with your children, and um, <laughs> it's just simply overwhelming to see people here. I, I don't want to call out anybody, but I'll just say one example. We have a Bulgarian Talmud of ours who came from Brazil this morning, uh, similar to be with us. And uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, we, we have a member of Darkeinu. Uh, it, it's so, uh, it, it's simply, you know, Kulamnik Vitsu Baulach, the sense of uh, just coming together to, uh, to appreciate it. I just feel overwhelmed and. Um, no, Baruch Hashem, you know, Katonu, Mikol HaChasadim, Mikol HaMet, Asher Sita Et Avdecha. Second, I really want to thank uh, everyone uh, who worked to make this uh, event. I won't begin to say names, but uh, I do know some people were up to 4 a.m. last night working. So uh, I just want to thank everyone who's really put so much time and effort into, into the dinner and this whole event. Um, I also feel a bit guilty. Uh, the previous two sessions spoke about Tanakh, uh, the future of the Jewish people. Uh, we're talking about Shrat HaRetzion. Shrat HaRetzion is, is a small item. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to talk about small item, and especially we try to celebrate. You know, I constantly mention this. Chazal tells the Gemara Sota, L'olam yomar adam shivcho b'kol namuch u'gnuto b'kol ram. So I won't say gnuti b'kol ram. Uh, I'm afraid of the moderators and the and the organizers. Uh, but I think we should focus on challenges and not, you know, to sit and then sit and engage in, in self praise, unless the praise allows us to really give thanksgiving and hoda. Okay, having got off my chest everything that I really wanted to say, now I'll try to uh, answer your question for uh, for a few minutes. Um, first of all, I. As my father used to say, after Amitav would speak, Amitav would often speak, and my father would say, the Gemara says you have two A.D., you need always two, uh, 
two people to testify. You know, you need not one but two perspectives to, to prove that something is not simply an idiosyncrasy of the speaker, but rather it's objectively true. And we tell it off and speak, and my father would say, the Kabbalah says, if you say, Afani Kamohu, I agree with him, it's if you said his holy dude. So, Afani Kamohu, and uh, I agree with Rav Gigi's analysis entirely, and uh, I thank so you. So, should we move on? To- uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I certainly agree with, uh, and it saved me a lot of time. Uh, so, therefore, I will try to address the shifting currents at, at, at the moment. First of all, I have a very simple answer, very concise answer. You can read the long piece I wrote for the dinner journal. I, uh, I wrote a programmatic essay rather than a thank you uh, to all the supporters. And um, a good deal, I think, is really in the, in, in the dinner journal. Um, but I'll say the following regarding, uh, regarding the question. The, um, when my father came at the time and Mittal encouraged him, of course, uh, they, um, what they really want to establish was high-level Torah within the, 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 the Tilumi community. At the time, the message of most educators was, as it is to a large degree still here, you want to be serious religiously? Torah. It was a Lithuanian message. And I remember my educators in high school, who all, most of them were, were Haredi educators, who came with a message of Torah, 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 which was a very powerful and important message. So you really had, what happened to the, to the kids who were being educated in the school system was the following. Some of them couldn't relate to people from different backgrounds and different, uh, different perspectives. So they really, were, the, the, the educators could not impact upon them and they sort of lost them. Some of them were swept away positively by the educators and basically went to the Haredi world and found themselves in Torah Mitzvahs uh, in, in a place where they felt the, the vast majority, like if this is 10% on the right, 10% on the left, the vast majority had a very fruitful encounter between the message of you want to be serious and uh, of Torah they were getting in the schools and the message of Zionism they were getting in the homes. It created a very powerful and, 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 and positive mix in which you combine the two. So you got the sense that society, the school system was broadcasting to you that Torah counts as important, as crucial, and the homes were broadcasting to you that we believe in history, and you, got to the, you combine the two together. You created the short Hezder and what was mentioned before. And when my father wrote his essay, Justifying Hezder, in the early 1980s, it's really, she's writing with his, he's really looking to the right to explain why it's justified not only learning Torah, but also serving the army as you learn Torah. There's no attempt there to explain why you do less tzava. There's an attempt to explain only why you do less yeshiva. And he explains what he explains over there, but clearly the message at the time was, we have to explain how can I turn and, and, and other things. And that's why the yeshiva is considered to be very transcending, avant-garde, because he was saying Torah and Chachma, Torah and secular studies, Torah and Tzava, and the like. What's happened is Israeli society has changed now. People have, within the Tilumi community, other avenues of Avodat Hashem. And they view it as Avodat Hashem. A kid going to the army now will often view it as a religious obligation, religious fulfillment. They have Hit Yashvut. In other words, Rev. Cook's vision of umiyut, of nationalism, has created by them now a sense of um, you can find Avodat Hashem through other avenues. Like if you want a Hasidic idea, maybe, but you find Avodat Hashem not only through Torah, but through other avenues. So now the question is not Torah alone or Torah plus tzava or Torah plus academic studies or Torah plus culture. The question now is whether it's only Tzavar, only Yashvud, or also Torah. So our message now and our, our vital role is to present a message that yes, Torah and not only Tzavar, Torah and not only other, uh, other elements. In that regard, we become very conservative, lower, lower case, of course, we become very conservative and traditional, and we've seen this almost old-fashioned among a good deal of the Israeli crowd. Number two, a good deal of those who are serious in Torah now have become what was conventional for Chardal, meaning they are nationalist, 
but not open to the world in, in uh, whatever without getting into into, con into controversy now. But broadly speaking, they're trying to be more a bit more isolated from the world. So our, our role is to basically present to those who are open to the world that Torah matters and that opens to the world doesn't mean compromising standards. It means intensity. It means raising the banner of Talmud Torah. On another level, it means to those who are engaged in Torah, the openness, in other words, that you can continue to be serious in Torah and to uh, nevertheless be open to the world and, and practice general culture and the like. So we have one level towards, if you want, what they call the more light community, uh, light, L-I-T-E, that is. Uh, and you have, um, on one level, you try to preach to them the importance and the intensity of Torah. We have a lot, I think our student bodies come from communities which are identities often more Israeli than, if you want, traditional Jewish, if you can somehow, you know, make that split. We have to encourage them to feel more connected to the past and less Israeli, but also more, you know, Yehudi um, on one level. On another level, to those who are, uh, and for them we have to raise the bin of Torah and intense Torah, to those who are more in the Chardal community, to raise the banner of not only Torah, but also being open. This means women's learning, it means general culture, uh, it means a, a host of other things. So thus, I think we have to try to provide leadership and direction to, as Ravgiki mentioned, there are vast segments of the community who don't identify with the Chardal world, but why don't we make connected to Torah? You know, I've, my, I've, I'm, you know I, to all, all kinds of communities in which people are from, but not necessarily Torahic, and they want the connection to Torah. They want leadership, which I think we have to provide for them. Um, and another level to make it clear that Torah doesn't have to be necessarily only through an isolation position. And, and the final point is, and I know I'm, I know that not all the Rosh Hashiva agree with me. Uh, so I guess one disagrees 100 percent, one disagrees 50, 60 percent. I think. <laughs> I is, but I, but I will nevertheless, you know, I, I really think that Rev Cook, I mean, I'm Yitzchak Cook, and I'm not an expert of Cook, but nevertheless, I will allow myself to uh, voice an opinion. He created, he made nationality into such a potent religious force. I think we have to dial that down, or, or I'll, I'll say it differently. I believe, I believe in a perspective, I think, I believe Shat Haritzion has to present this perspective in which the basic encounter is man and God, and not the land, and, uh, and there's a whole metaphysic behind this, and I won't get down to the revenue of Cook and, and so on and so forth, but yes, I think we have to present a religious perspective and a religious banner which says it is man encountering God, the man of faith, and, not, and, and the nationalism is a secondary context, or it's the context in which this word plays itself out but it is not the thing itself. I think it's one of the basic um, messages that, uh, that we have. Okay. Uh, Rosh Pepe, Josh Rosenberg. Migdal uh, has been around a little bit less than Shivat Aretzion, so with your permission, I'll ask you to do both in the same answer. What has been the past impact of the, of the Beit Midrash? Now, you grew up in Shivat Aretzion. If you want to disagree with either of the previous panelists about what the past or present looks like, <laughs> I will not stop you, but my main question for you is, how do you see the past impact of Migdal Oz on the, the Tilemi community in Eretz Israel, and how do you see the present of that uh, endeavor? Shalom lekulam. I was told to speak in English. I'll be much better in Hebrew, um, but I'll kabel et adin shel I want to start in the same feelings that Rav Moshe started. I just came from a panel, two of our alumni, Tamara Merzer-Eisenberg and Yael Landsman. I don't know her married name. The panel was about Torah in academia. And Yael is a, teaches a Tanakh, or Bible. And Tamara is a, they both have doctorate, Tamara in Jewish history. And it was so impressive. I even thought I had to just bring all of you to the panel, then I wouldn't have to talk about the impact of Migdalos on the general, because just listening to them and seeing their, uh, our ability, or the ability of creating or developing uh, women that are very involved in Torah, in Irat Shemaim, but very involved in the general world, 
that have positions and learning and developing in a Torah academy together, but very, very focused on Avodat Hashem was very, very impressive. And I was very, very moved, and I want to thank whoever organized that panel. And just seeing our alumni sitting on the panel when they're only 20 years old was very, very mesapek and, and gave me a lot, a lot of nachat. Thank you. Uh, I want to continue the line that to Hashem Shiva. I was very also moved by that everything that they said about Yeshiva Taritzion, even though we have the same parents, but sometimes it seems that we are different, maybe emphasizing institutions, but everything they said about Yeshiva Taritzion, I wanted to say that's exactly what we do in Migdalos. I'll start maybe with what Gigi spoke about, emphasizing very, very serious Torah learning. That was the first thing of Gigi spoke about, and the second thing he spoke about was being very, very engaged and involved in the world, the balance between Torah and Chaim, Torah, whoever didn't understand Rav Gigi, I'm summarizing him <laughs> and translating him to English. But the first point was very, very serious Torah learning, and the second point was really being involved and engaged in the world, which I think of Moshe continued that uh, emphasize of the special, unique voice of Yeshivat HaRetzion being balanced between involvement in the world and, and having a very, very strong um, uh, Torani position. And I think that's something that Migdalo stands for too. But I'll try to take what they said into a general concept and maybe translate it to what it means in the world of women's learning Torah and the new developments and, and the new involvement from the past, not 50, but more than 20. I would say about 25 to 30 years. And the first thing I want to start is that McDonald's is part of a much larger, larger and broader movement of women's very shifting in the position of women in the world of Torah and learning Torah and communities and the way women view themselves within their religious life and how seriously they take their religious life. And I thought of it, of Moshe spoke about, he didn't, was the Yerchival, but even though I want, to th- I want to start and say that I think that that entire movement has to, I want to give most of the credit to the Rav and then to my father. I think the Rav as the ideological uh, view of women teaching women 50, more than 50 years ago in Stern College and Armanides teaching women Gemara and giving them a very strong message that they should be involved in Torah and taught Torah in the most higher level. And I think that my father, Rav Lichtenstein, took that to a very practic- practical um, sp- uh, statement in, in Eretz Israel and in, in America too. And I think that the entire movement, and I mentioned that also in his, in, in the hesped I gained to him, and I said in his funeral, I think that all the entire movement of women learning Torah in the left and in the right in Eretz Israel, because the movement of women to learning Torah today is not only in the Gush side or in the left side in Dinat Israel, it's also in the right side, and I think it really, really started from his vision or from his gibui, um, support. It was more than his gibui, yeah, he wasn't only it was his support, it was his push, it was his belief in what, the way he educated me, the way he educated the women around him. And uh, today we talk about programs and scholarships, but my father gave a very, very high level Gemara Shia because my sister really wanted to learn Gemara with a Chavruta, not only at home. So 16 years ago, my father gave a Gemara Shia in Migdalos for eight women. It wasn't called a program, it was just the highest level of the Gemara Shia, I think, even ever given in the entire world. And it even overcame questions of, of gender and women because one of the stories, the, the women that were participated in that year, which one of them today is uh, in charge herself on the advanced Gemara program, Naomi Adler. One of the things, the stories they like to tell that there was a mouse in the room while my father was giving the Gemara Shir, he never noticed the mouse, but our eight other participants, women participants in the Shir, noticed the mouse going up and down the wall and all around the floor. Okay, and it never, the fear from my father in the Gemara Shir was stronger than the fear from the mouse. And whoever knows women knows that that's a very, that shows about maybe the entire movement, and they kept quiet for the next hour of the Shir, being terrified by the mouse, but continue on listening to the Shia. And I think that this story maybe resumes that 
the seriousness of women learning Torah, it's not only a question of teaching women Torah, but it's about teaching Torah very, very seriously. And I think that Migdalos is a very, very Rosh Chetz. The spearhead. The Nachshon Ben Aminadav, whatever you want to talk about. In, in, in the Nachshona, yeah, in the Nachshon's wife. <laughs> And in the entire movement of women learning Torah today in Eretz Israel and the entire world, and maybe I'll just specific out a bit uh, what I think the Migdalo's unique message is. And I think it comes through in a couple of uh, 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 aspects of the religious life, and I think it's the same, uh, very, very similar to what happens in the yeshiva. First of all, Migdalo's is, as the strongest message, is a place that has very, very serious learning from the ages of 18 to 30 for out six or seven years of women sitting and learning Torah. The combination of 200 women today sitting and learning in the Beit Midrash in different various programs of someone who comes for one year and someone who comes for five years or coming to someone who comes for six years. I think that the stronger thing is the message that was discussed before in Yeshivat Aritzion, but I want to translate it to women. And I think that's understanding the basic um, balance between having a clear message of what women's role is in the world of halacha and Torah. In one hand, we can be very, uh, I would say, the, the balance between tradition and masoret I think, I think there are people, there are midrashot to the right of us, and I'll, I'll be very Rav Gigi spoke about the election, so I'll be very honest too. I think that the Migdal Oz has a very, very, in one hand, clear message about halacha, and a second hand, very clear message about women being completely involved and pushed with their religious life, and a very, very clear message between what are our borders of halacha and what are the places that we can push. And, and I think that this message continues on, the message of Yeshivat Aritzion and all of the uh, places of life that we can, we can change whatever you want to change, or we can, there are things that are, can be changeable and things that are not, and I think that our, our students feel very, very comfortable in the religious world in one hand, and I think they know exactly what are the halachic limitations of women in the other hand, and I hope that they are very, very happy and satisfied with the self-confidence uh, that they get in their religious life. I think that the involvement of Rashi Yeshiva, which started by my father, and then Rav Amitad, I think that's one of the things that my father uh, had... It, shifted Rav Abital, because when my, my father met Rav Abital 50 years ago, he thought my father was completely crazy teaching me Gemara. He said to him one day, what is she going to do with it? And then when we built, it's a real quotation, but then when we built Migdalos 30 years later, Rav Abital was the most enthusiastic uh, about women learning Torah, and I think that the Meuravut, the... A partnership, but not more than partnership, but the support, the, the leadership of Rashi Shivat Haritzion, then and today, all three Rashi Shivat Haritzion teach in Migdalos on a weekly basis. I think that's the most strongest message, which is not only a message for Migdalos, it's a message to entire, you asked about the Klal Dati Lumi society, I think the message that Dolei Torah teach in women's institutions because they believe in women learning Torah is a very strong message. Uh, I would say that there are two things that we are concentrating in. So I think that was a very, very strong message. I think all the messages of Yeshivat Haaretzion going through Migdalos, instead of serious learning and being involved, I think that our dreams, maybe, maybe that emphasize a lot what we're looking for. We have two uh, goals for the next 20 years, and I think we worked on them a lot in the past 20 years which are to grow in length and in depth. I mean wider and longer, which means we want to develop many more programs for women to, to continue on and learning more than one year, and that we should be a Bet Midrash that really builds, teaches women in the highest level that they can be taught, and being driven to take leadership positions, to teach. We have a lot of alumni in America and in uh, Israel that are very involved in other midrashot. We have 
Ramiot and a lot of midrashot. We even have Rashi Bet Midrash that opened new Batei Midrash. We have a lot of alumni involved in high school teaching Gemara. In, in America, in, in the New York area at least, that I know about every high school that I go to in New York, I find an alumni of Migdalo's teaching deal. And that's something that we want to encourage in opening more programs and opportunities for women to learn seriously, mostly in the world of Torah Shabbat Be. But our dream is not only to grow in our length, but also to grow what we call in, in the yeshiva safa uh, balabatiot, uh, serious women that are involved and engaged. I just got a message from one of our alumni that she was in the praklitut of Mechoz uh, Yerushalayim, and she sent me this nice message. הפרקליטה של התובע בוגרת מגדל עוז, המתמחה של השופט בוגרת מגדל עוז, שהיא הייתה כפור, לואיז ארג גאדר תגדר בפרקליטות מחוז ירושלים, ואלף פורדם ובוגרות מגדל עוז, אבל מאוד מאוד committed and serious religiously. And I think that we don't only want to push women to be in leadership positions, but we really want to impact the entire community by pushing our alumni in the same time, I think, as Yeshivat HaRetzion wants to do, to be involved in all Tchumei HaChaim, to go to all doctors, lawyers, teachers, anything, any, I don't want to insult any profession, so I won't name more than these, but really to have women that believe that they can be very pushed and achieved intellectually and professionally, but very, very be engaged in Torah, They'll be very committed to Torah and be very, very involved in their communities. And I think that whoever looks around in Israel, but also in America, sees that the involvement of women, the responsibility they take about their religious life, their assumptions about where they should be involved, where should they be involved in, in davening Rebbe Knesset, where they should be involved in teaching in their communities, what homes and families they would build, how would their homes would be much more, many more, much more engaged in Torah. The conversations that, the level of the conversation between young women today and what they're looking for in the home that they build, the way that they can be mechanech their kids for Torah is very, very different. When I was brought up 35 years ago, just as an anecdote, most of my friends, my close friends, when I grew up in Israel years ago were boys. Because the girls, I don't want to insult anybody, it was a bit more boring to talk to girls then in Torah than today it is. And today I look around and the level of Torah discussed between young women, and when I come here for Shabbaton and I see our young alumni involved in their communities, involved in their colleges, I think that's exactly what we want to. So in, in addition to building long-term programs of women teaching in leadership positions, we are focusing a lot about building community programs. We have today Bogrot, communities of Bogrot, Bechaifa, Be'er Sheva, Givat Shmuel, Yerushalayim, that come for one and two years, but and we try in that one or two years to make an impact that they continue on being not bite in the word of Torah. They want to discuss Torah in their life. They care about halacha. And I think that's maybe uh, the way that I find that we impact the Datilomi community. Okay, thank you. Uh, the Rosh Bay Midrash anticipated my next question, so you're out for this one. So my next question would be, what is the next uh, time period going to look like? So uh, just with Gigi and then with Lichtenstein, if you can share with us your vision for, as, as, uh, as he said, if you could, sorry, if you, if you could tell us, if you had to anticipate what this gathering would be like, God willing, in 50 years, what you would hope that Yeshivat HaRetzion would have done, and now specifically also for the Dathilumi community in Israel, but also in Chutz Laaretz as well. אני אומר כמה דברים ממש בקציר העומר, אשתדל לעמוד על כמה נקודות מרכזיות. יש, האתגר הגדול כרגע שאני רואה מול העיניים הוא להמשיך להעצים את התורה במציאות החדשה. כמו שהרב משה הזכיר קודם, שאם בעבר היו צריכים להתמודד למה לא רק תורה, אז היום צריכים להסביר למה ללמוד תורה בצורה משמעותית. והנקודה הזאת היא נקודה שלצערי בישיבות רבות הם הורידו את הרף והורידו את רף הדרישות. זאת אומרת היום כבר 
אם דיברתי על בית מדרש כמקום שמגדל תורה, היום בית מדרש בהרבה מקומות זה מקום שלומדים בו תורה, אבל לא שנועד לגדל תורה. ופה אני חושב שמשימתנו היא להמשיך לגדל את התורה עם נכונות להקשיב לצרכים החדשים של הדור. זאת אומרת, אי אפשר לדעתי, אי אפשר להמשיך ללמוד ממש כדי אשתקד. צריך להעצים את המסר של לימוד עוצמתי ולימוד חזק ועמוק ורחב, זה צריך להמשיך. אבל עדיין הלימוד היום צריך גם לשוחח עם עולמות אה, המשמעות, עולמות הפנימיים, ואני לא מתכוון כרגע למי שיודע על כל מיני הלוכי רוחות שיש בארץ עם לימוד אה, שקשור לחסידות ודברים כאלה, אני מתכוון לימוד אה, אה, לוגי רגיל כמו שאנחנו רגילים, אבל אם נתינת המשמעות הקיומית של הדברים ואני חושב שהדברים האלה כבר מתחילים להתרחש ואנחנו צריכים להיות קשובים לצרכים האלה ולהעמיק אותם גם בהמשך. זאת נקודה אחת. הנקודה השנייה שאני רואה אותה ואני פה גם כן מגיב לדברים שאמר הרב משה. הרב משה נתן שיחה בתענית אסתר ש... עיקריה הגיעו לאוזניי וגם עיקריה הוא אמר אותם פה עכשיו במשפט אחד שצריך להשתדל אני, אם אני הבנתי נכון מה שגונב לאוזניי אז הדברים המרכזיים זה שצריך להעצים את הלהיות יהודי על חשבון להיות ישראלי זה פחות או יותר אם לא הבנתי נכון אז אתה תתקן את הדברים נדמה לי שגם זה פחות או יותר מה ששמעתי כאן אני רוצה לומר ולהדגיש אני חושב ש... לא נכון, לא טקטית וגם לא אמיתית לדלל את הישראליות או להציג כביכול יש, ברוך השם, הישראלים, התלמידים שלנו, התחושה הישראלית שלהם והרגש הישראלי שלהם והזיקה שלהם ללאומיות ישראלית היא לא גובלת בלאומנות. לאומנות זה מסוכן ואני מסכים אבל אנחנו ברוך השם בתוך ישיבתנו אין לנו לאומנים לפחות לא אולי יש בודד או שניים זה אני לא יודע אבל ודאי זה לא קו בולט והקו הבולט הוא זיקה עמוקה לארץ ישראל ואני חושב שזאת נקודה מאוד מאוד חשובה אלא שאני מסכים בנקודה אחרת שהרבה פעמים הזהות הראשונה של חלק גדול מהציבוריות הישראלית היום זה להיות ישראלי והתורה זה משהו צדדי ופה אני חושב שהדרך הנכונה גם טקטית וגם אמיתית וגם פנימית היא להעצים את התורה ולהעצים את הזיקה לתורה ולהעצים את הזיקה הזאת של להיות ישראלי בלי תורה זה בעצם מאבד את הערך המרכזי של מחויבות לדבר השם כדבר היסודי ביותר ולכן כשאנחנו עכשיו יודעים שהקדוש ברוך הוא הוציא את בני ישראל ממצרים אנחנו בעזרת השם בעוד פחות משבועיים נסב לליל הסדר ונזכור מצד אחד את בהוציאך את העם ממצרים תעבדו את האלוקים על ההר הזה את זה צריך לזכור ובמקביל צריך לזכור שכל מגמת יציאת מצרים היא והבאתי אתכם אל הארץ אשר נשאתי את ידי לתת אותה אה, לאברהם ליצחק ויעקב ונתתי אותה לכם מורשה אני אשם ואני מקווה ששני המסרים האלה יקנו שביתה בלב תלמידינו ולא יהיה חס ושלום מצב של קוצר רוח ועבודה קשה על שני היבטיה כפי שמופיע במפרשים שם אז אני רוצה ואני חושב שזאת המגמה שלנו לחנך באמת להעצמת הזיקה לתורה, להעצמת הזיקה לארץ ישראל, אבל כששני הדברים האלה פועלים יחדיו, ולא שגורם אחד, אני לא רוצה להתחיל לדרג אותם מי ראשון, מי שני, זה אני חושב שזה, יש מקום לדיונים, יש מקום לוויכוחים בעניין הזה, ואני חושב שלא ניכנס היום לנקודה הזאת. והנקודה השלישית היא, אני יכול לומר ש... אני כבר ממש בימים אלה ימלאו שלושים שנה לזה שאני מלמד בנות. בנים זה כבר כמעט ארבעים שנה, אבל בנות זה ממש, אני זוכר שזה היה בתשמ"ט ועכשיו אנחנו בתשע"ט, אז זה ממש שלושים שנה ואני רואה את התהליך הזה שבנות עוברות 
מן ה... מתחילת הדרך ועד היום, ואני מודה לקדוש ברוך הוא על זה שאני זוכה להיות שותף לתהליך הזה, ואני אומר לכם ש... כן. <laughs> אז אני רוצה להגיד שבאמת התהליכים האלה אני עברתי בעצמי הרבה מאוד שינויים אני זוכר את הפעם הראשונה שאחרי שחזרתי משיעור ואשתי שואלת אותי איך היה אמרתי לה תשמעי אני חושב שהן בנות נבונות אבל אם את שואלת אותי האם מבינות את כל המורכבות הטילו עליי בשיעורים הפעם הראשונה שלימדתי נשים זה במכון לטוענות בית דין והיינו צריכים ללמוד שולחן ערוך, הסימן הראשון שלמדנו סימן ל"ז, הלכות נוגע בעדות. וזה כל מיני סוגיות בפרק שלישי של בבא בתרא, שהן סוגיות מורכבות, ובאתי והתחלתי ללמד, אני רואה שבעמל קשה הן מצליחות להבין, אבל אני, הייתה לי הרגשה שהן לא רואות את התמונה הכוללת. היום אני יכול להגיד שברוך השם, אני מלמד היום קבוצות שונות של בנות שגם נמצאות בתוכנית מתקדמת ופשוט תענוג ואפשר לראות איך העולם ואיך העולם הזה ממש יתקדם והתפתח ואנחנו מקווים בעזרת השם ואני יודע שיש אנחנו גם הולכים להתקדם עוד יותר בשנה הקרובה ולפתוח תוכנית נוספת של מתקדמות בבית המדרש במגדל עוז ואני שמח על כך שבעזרת השם נקווה שגם נזכה לראות פירות של, של צמיחה תורנית משמעותית מתוך בית המדרש. והנקודה האחרונה לגבי יהדות חוץ לארץ. אז אני, אתם צריכים לדעת, יש פה, רוב האנשים זה מאמריקה, יש פה יהודי אחד מברזיל שאני, שהוא רודף אחרינו בכל מקום, כל מקום שמגיעים, כל הכבוד על החריצות שלך רב פאבס כל הכבוד. אז אני רוצה להגיד שמלבד יהדות אמריקה, יש עוד יהודים בכל מיני מקומות בעולם, הרב מירביס היה איתנו, לא יודע אם הוא פה עכשיו, אבל אני רוצה להגיד שככה בארצות שהם היו פעם תחת הממלכה האנגלית, זה אוסטרליה ודרום אפריקה ובכל מיני מקומות כאלה, תדעו לכם שההשפעה של הישיבה ההשפעה של הישיבה, ואני חושב שגם באמריקה, באמריקה זה פשוט הרבה יותר גדול והרבה יותר עוצמתי, אבל, ולכן זה גם, כאן זה יותר מגוון. כשאתה מגיע, ואני מגיע מדי שנה גם בדרום אפריקה, בעצם כל מה שכל, כמעט 90% מהיהדות שקשורה למודרן אורתודוקס, זה הכל מבית הישיבה, מכוחם של הישיבה, רבנים ומחנכים. של הישיבה, גם באוסטרליה, גם בסידני, גם במלבורן, בכל המקומות האלה, זה הכל חלק גדול של בית הישיבה. ואני רוצה להגיד שאנחנו רואים את השילוב הזה של בני ארץ ישראל ובני חוץ לארץ יחד בבית המדרש. אם זה היה תלוי בי, הייתי מוריד עוד כמה מחיצות שנוצרו במרוצת השנים. כשאני הייתי תלמיד בישיבה כמעט לא היו מחיצות וכל מי שלמד בישיבה הישראלים וחוצניקים למדו ביחד ממש. היום יש לנו שיעורים נפרדים וחלק מהשיעורים ניתנרים באנגלית. מה שתלוי בי הייתי עושה הכל בעברית. תבוא למגדל עוז. אה? תבוא למגדל עוז. הנה אני בא למגדל עוז. אני בא. טוב. אז עכשיו, אז אני רוצה להגיד שמבחינתי אני חושב שזה חשוב קודם כל להבין שאנחנו רואים את המשימה שלנו כמשימה של ישיבת הר לגדל תורה לכל עם ישראל, בכל מקום, כי השליחות שלנו היא שליחות של להביא את דבר השם ואת תורת השם ואת הקול המיוחד הזה שקיבלנו מרבותינו ואנחנו ממשיכים להשמיע אותו אל, אל כל מקום בעולם. אז רב לכנסטין, אם רב גיגי אמר שהסיריוס תורה סטאדי ומתאימה תורה סטאדי ומתאימה סנסף Uh, of both a connection to Eretz Yisrael and a connection to Torah study, the two of them working together as one's Avodat Hashem and maintaining the connection Yishvat HaRetzion to communities outside of Eretz Yisrael where Yishvat HaRetzion has really founded and, and helped the, the rabbinate there and the regular community, that's the Dati Lumi community and in these countries outside of Eretz Yisrael. What are the extra pieces that you would add in terms of what you hope for for the future of Yishvat HaRetzion? So once more, I largely agree with him except where he disagrees with me. So... Uh... <laughs> There I will, I will make a comment in a moment. Um, 
It's difficult to answer the question, what, what do I want 150 years from now? If I knew of tremendous chidushim in Avodat Hashem, in Gemara, I'd do them tomorrow morning. I wouldn't wait another 50 years. So if I don't implement changes or new chidushim, because I haven't thought of them, so I can't anticipate what I... Uh, you know, okay, five I, years. If I can't think the unthinkable at the moment yet. So, so therefore, I will talk about some institutional. And first of all, I think... We have to take what we're doing now, improve, intensify, make it even better. And uh, I'll begin this, as Rav Gigi mentioned about Talmud Torah. First of all, we'd like to expand Talmud Torah, as Esti said, both in breadth and in depth. I'd like to make something clear. I think we should expand Talmud Torah, Kochi, Zroim, Taros, not to every, not to every level in Yeshiva, of course, but we have in Yeshiva, we do a lot of Kochi, relatively speaking, once someone came from another yeshiva to, to try yeshiva for two, three years, and he said to me at the end of the day, this is the only real yeshiva tzionit, which kachim is done systematically, and there's a masoret about, uh, of kachim. And, you know, we, we published on kachim a few volumes. Uh, we have, we have a, there's a weekly share which is well attended, uh, which is going on now. We started Zvachim Dav Beis, and then we finished Dav Ayin last week. Uh, Hashem, we'll continue Admir Esrim because the Masechet has 120 Dav. Um, <laughs> so um, I think we, we have more to expand. Uh, we want to connect Lamdus with Tanakh. I don't have time to explain all, all the nuances, but I think we can improve and continue to develop, as has been done in other Yeshivot. I don't think we're unique in that. Um, to, to fuse Tanakh and Lamdus in a way, I don't, I don't mean we do Tanakh seriously, we do Lamdus seriously, I mean fusing the two together in a way which I believe is, is possible and is being done, that's on one level. On another level, I want to talk about placing tefillah at the center of the Yeshiva experience, no less than Talmud Torah. And Chazal, the Grand Megillah talk about Kol Bayit Gadol, what's a Bayit Gadol? Chazal talk about Torah. And second opinion is Rabbi Yochum Shuban Levi, if I remember. One says Torah, the house in which you make Torah great, and the other one says a house in which you make Tfila great. Modern orthodoxy in general, or the modern man, you know, to use the phrase of the Rav, has a real problem with Tfila. Tfila is not simple, and the more we believe that we understand the world, it, it, there are all kinds of obstacles and impediments to tefillah. And, uh, and my father once wrote that if you want to see the problem on orthodoxy, it's a seven-minute mincha. And I think we have to place tefillah at the center as, as, a folk, as a major point of the yeshiva experience. A person knows he comes with two years of intense Torah study, which will then reflect and animate his Torah study for the rest of his life. So it should be tefillah. He's not rushing to work. He's not, uh, he doesn't have to catch the 7.30 or the 6.30 a.m. train. He has time. He's in the shiva 24-7 to spend his leisure in developing spiritually. Tefillah should be a central component. And you know, the, the situation which people reminisce about, the Yavim Narayim, but they don't reminisce about a Vachat de Keshachris or a Mincha, I think we, we have a lot to do in that regard. Not only us, I think Monothox in general, but if we want to aspire and, and, and to educate and to lead, I think we have to emphasize constantly tefillah as a crucial component of religious experience. Al-Torah, Avodah, Gnut Chasadim, and Avodah is a major part of that. Uh, I would also like, I, I would like now to find, to, to quote another sikha I gave, um, I gave a sikha two years running, and then I stopped, I was afraid that people would, uh, here he goes again, uh, about Lot. The basic point of the sikha was like, Lot is, uh, if you view his, he, how Lot changes over time, I call it like this, idealist hamuvas, the defeated idealist, Meaning he begins with all these great dreams, he's going to change the world, he's going to live a life of a mission, he's going to live a life in which he makes the world a better place, in which his values. And the other day, he becomes, what happens in Hebrew is, he becomes bourgeois, he becomes, he sinks into comfortable life, and you know, essentially the tragedy of Lot is that he begins following Avraham's vision and his dream, and at the end of the day, he gets stuck in Sodom. He gets stuck in Sodom because he sees that Sodom is a great place to live in. 
And I think you know, what we want, uh, my father emphasized this often, is that people should go throughout life, our Talmud should be throughout life, challenged in the sense that they want to live a life of vision, a life of commitment, and the life, they want to leave the world a better place. They want to do what they think is best for Yiddishkeit, and you can be influenced in many avenues, and there are many ways to do it. But essentially, they, they see themselves, the life calls out to them, it's a, it's a life of avodah. It's a life of, you know, that you're a levy, that you, that you see yourself as working to make the Amisol better people, to, to further to serve the Kaddish Baruch Hu. To, you live a life of a mission and not a life in which you simply, you know, you sort of like, it wears out when you're 20, 19, 20. It's great to be idealist, but, you know, later on, so life takes over and kicks in and you sort of uh, get tired and this, this fatigue kicks in. And we want people to be Kovei Hashem, Yachlifu Koach, Elu Sharim. And that Kovei Hashem, Yachlifu Koach means people aspire to Kodesh Baruch who have renewed energy Yalu Aver means wings. They should take wings. You should go throughout life on wings. Now, there are many ways how to do this and how to fly. And you can fly between these buildings here and you can fly into the wilderness, but you should continue to have a life in which you look from down up. You aspire. The Bet Midrash, we all know, that the central column of our Bet Midrash looks upward. And uh, we really like to go that. Now, briefly and institutionally, I would like for us to continue to producing and to expand educators, people who, are, people who are out with a mission. At the end of the day, we need to produce educators to impact. It is a wonderful career, and we'd like to have as many as possible educators, people who are out to spread the word, to form lives. You make lives by educating. We'd like as many as, as, many as possible. And, and once more, on one level, formal educators. Another level, everybody can educate in his community, in his family, in his surroundings, everybody can educate everybody. You have to be having, you have to be called rabbi so and so to educate. You can educate in every level, and that's what we want uh, and we dream of having. Institutionally, we we have in you know, all kinds of uh, plans. I would like to expand our footprint. It was mentioned communities. We'd like to continue to expand the footprint to communities. It was mentioned in electronic media. I would like. I would hope and like to get involved in high school education much more than we currently are. It's, I think it's a huge goal and a, and a tremendous place. We would like to expand our Kainu to the Israeli program. We have serious discussions about it already. We would like to, uh, you know, we have many, many dreams, but uh, all these are already on the institutional level. And Bi'ikar, what I'd really like to say is, and what's more just to say, Modim al Havar umit palulim al hatid. The Gemara says at the end of Nidah, at the end of the Shasri, the Gemara says as follows. Rabbi Yeshua was asked three divay derech eretz from Alexandria. And uh, one of them was, Maya said, Dam What will a person do and become wise? It will become a Talmud Chacham. So he said, Yarbebe Yeshiva, he made me He should devote his life to learning and not to other things. So he said, so, so they, they answered, Many people did that. They were unsuccessful. So he said, You should pray to he, capital H, who gives wisdom. So he said, That's obvious. And he called a puzzle from Mishlei. So he said, It's obvious. You know, isn't that? So the Gemara says, One does not suffice without the other. We want, we pray to Baruch Hu, we should do the hard work, we should roll up our sleeves, we should be engaged in all the hard work of education and, and the mission of working our Tamlidim hard and not letting them rest. Uh, Baruch should give us to be, uh, but we also pray to Baruch Hu, he should give us to be new energy. And if we will do our work and we will be... Um, we will be, you know, Yarbebi Shivavi, maybe Shoram, so then, the Baruch will give us datu tfunan, kuvei Hashem achlifu koach, elu ever kanesharim, yichu v'lo yafu, yarutzu v'lo yigav. Thank you. Okay. So, for two more? Yeah, okay. So, first of all, I want to join what, what Moshe said about uh, Torah and Tfilah, and also what he said about, uh, I think, involvement in Klal Israel. Uh, a year ago, when we celebrated in, Migda- in Israel 20 years for Migdalos, he wrote an invitation. He wanted to invite you to celebrate 20 years of Torah and Tfilah. I think Torah and Tfilah are maybe resembling a broader um, goal or thing that we emphasize a lot in Migdalos, and it's the balance between 
the intellectual aspect of learning seriously, but also the aspect of being, I don't want to say more spiritual, but more committed. Maybe the balance between what we learn and how we behave in our religious life. And I think that Torah and Filah really resemble the balance between of trying to make the impact of the Bet Midrash not, not only an impact of uh, learning seriously, but also leaving the institution much more committed to a deeper and a more committed life of Avodat Hashem. The words of Limut Torah and Avodat Hashem, seeing them as one combination, and I think that it's very challenging today. I think some institutions are more focused on the intellectual aspect of learning and achieving, and some institutions are more uh, balanced on the aspect of the spiritual aspect of Avodat Hashem, and I think that what we really dream is seeing those two things uh, combined. We have a, a more than one more, one seder boker. We have a couple of seder bokers that they learn Gemara, but one seder boker is called Halachain Mashmaut. They learn Ilchot Shabbat or Ilchot Tefillah. Mamash Mashuchan Aruch learn the Halacha, but also try to discuss in the end of the class what is the meaning or the significance between that of. Avodat Hashem, and I think the combination of Torah and Tefillah maybe resembles that. I do want to say one thing about the American community, which I think is uh, something that I want to challenge the American community and Rosh Yeshiva. I feel that alumni in America feel sometimes that they come back here more lonely than our Amer alumni in Israel versus questions of women's issue, what, they sh what should they push and what shouldn't they push. I think that America is very clear, divided by a very strong right wing side that says no, no, no to every development in women's uh, request to give a sheer and shul, to be involved, to be involved in the community, to teach, to lead. And on the other side, there's a very strong left wing in America that pushes and pushes. And I feel that alumni sometimes are very, very thirsty for a very clear um, leadership position of G'dolei Torah in America. I think that in, in Israel, they hear the Rosh Yeshiva, they see the Talmidei Chachavim that come teach them, they feel much more confident in the clear message how do we balance between women's issues. And after 20 or 30 years of Gigi said about only teaching women Torah, I think today we also have to be much more clear in uh, ideological, which is not only Talmud Torah, but also how do we practice this Talmud Torah and the changes that have happened in the past 20, 30 years in women's position in the religious life. There are also practical questions that are asked about different various questions of how does this come through in day-to-day -day life of our communities. And I think that in America, the lack of that voice is very strong. I see that every time when I meet alumni, they want a much clearer message that Yeshiva Taharetzion can give. I think that's something that we work a lot about in Israel, and I would want for the next years that we cannot, it's not only about, oh, we'll teach the women questions, and now that we taught them, there are questions that are asked, and I think Yeshiva Taharetzion and Migdalos can have a very, very clear message, both in Israel and America, how can we continue on developing the world of women learning Torah, but not only learning Torah, but living Torah in our communities. Towards the end of the Yom Kippur service, the Mishnah and Yomah tells us that the Kohen Gadol, after he read the Torah, would say, that more than I had the ability to say out to you is written here in the Torah. And uh, I know that each of our panelists has exercise great self-restraint in trying to present their ideas as briefly as they could. And I want to thank them for really a very uh, meaty and very productive and very enlightening discussion of our beloved yeshiva, both the yeshiva and Migdal Oz. Uh, and I hope we have many more opportunities to have this, these kinds of discussions in the years to come.